1: you get access to the Vintage Radio Podcast, a look at series that were an hour or more that include Lux Radio Theater, CBS Radio Mystery Theater, and the Mercury Theater on the air, just to name a few. To become a member, visit support.iloveoldtimeradio.com. I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday, each day with a different theme. It's Thursday, and that means we open the door and enter the Inner Sanctum. This episode originally aired on September 9th, 1946, and it's called Murder Always Comes at Midnight. Good evening, Creep.
2: Tonight, your mystery playhouse presents Inner Sanctum.
0: Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. This is your host, inviting you in through the squeaking door. Ah, I just left a friend of mine. He runs an all-night billiard academy near the cemetery. As yes, after midnight he uncovers the ghoul tables, but no rough stuff in his place. Now he settles all arguments by arbitration. Simply lifts the shroud and points out they haven't a leg to stand on. Believes the old motto that a fiend in need is a fiend indeed. <laughs> dust off the edge of your chair, because that's where you'll be sitting for the rest of this half hour, and listen to Murder Comes at Midnight. This is the story of how one average family, even as yours and mine, spent a quiet night at their rented country house, a night of terror. As I said, the Cannings were just an average family. Harry was 29 and worked as a sound engineer for a broadcasting studio in the city. Ethel was 27 and had been a schoolteacher before she was married. Now she was kept pretty busy between writing the great American novel and taking care of Judy, her seven-year-old daughter. This was the first year they had rented a house in the country for the summer, and Ethel didn't take much to the idea of being alone either. At first, I didn't know
3: what it was that woke me. Perhaps it was because I was expecting Harry. He phoned that he was working overtime. He wouldn't be home till after midnight. I didn't like the idea of his driving 60 miles from this city at that hour. Or maybe it was just because I wasn't used to being alone with Judy in the old house. I got out of bed. I opened the connecting door to Judy's room. She was sleeping. Quietly. I closed the door softly and went across to my window. Something had awakened me. What? Was it a sound I heard in my sleep? Or Or was it a premonition? I looked out the window. The night was dark with a thousand secrets. Harry should have been home by this time. My watch showed a few minutes after 12. Maybe he'd had an accident. Maybe that's why I awakened. Some sort of telepathy. And then I saw the headlight. It was Harry. He was turning in our road. The headlight fazed me for a moment as he swung into our driveway. Everything was all right then. I'll be right down, Harry. Breathlessly, I raced downstairs to let him in. I was so happy I could cry. It was only then I realized what tension I'd been under, all because of my silly fears. I unlocked the door quickly. Oh Harry, I was so worried.
2: Sorry to bother you so late, man. Had an accident with my car.
3: Oh, I... I thought you were my
2: husband. Oh, sorry to disappoint you.
3: Oh no, no, I'm afraid you can't come in. My husband isn't home yet.
2: Well, it won't be for long.
3: Oh, right, my heavens! You're hurt. It's your oh,
2: arm. Hurt in the accident. Afraid it's broken.
3: Oh, your poor man. Here, sit down. Yeah. Sit down right here.
2: Oh, that's better.
3: Yes. Your arm's so limp. Do you really think it's broken?
2: I can't tell. It's kind of numb.
3: Oh, dear, I feel so helpless. I don't know what to do. I I took a first aid course during the war, but I don't remember a thing. Well, maybe I got to call Dr. Schultz. Oh,
2: please, don't go to the trouble.
3: There's no trouble. The phone's right here.
2: I said no, doctor. But it's all right. Put I down like... that phone, please.
3: I don't understand.
2: Maybe you understand this. A gun? Put the phone down. Who are you? I'll ask the questions from now on. Your name's Canning, isn't it? What did you know? Name's on the door, isn't it? Oh. What kind of phone is there? What do you mean? Party line? No,
3: it's a private line. Uh,
2: can you dial, or do you have to ask the operator for the number?
3: No, you just dialed.
2: good. Uh, Push the phone over here to this side of the table.
3: Who are you going to call? The
2: phone, please.
3: You'd better get out of here before my husband comes home. <laughs>
2: the phone. How do you think he'd make out in an argument with this?
3: Oh. The phone. Thank you.
2: Now step back a little. Yeah, that's good. I had to put this gun down while I make my call. It's an arm of mine. But you understand that I can pick it up faster than you could reach it from there, don't you? Yes, I understand. I see. We'll get along all right. Oh, operator, get me Plaza Nine 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 Seven Zero. Yeah, hurry, please. Well, this is uh, Eight Six Four.
3: Please. After your phone call, you get out before my husband comes home. He's late already
2: you wouldn't turn an injured man out of your house in the middle of the nut. Oh, hello, Glenda. <laughs> That's right. I had a little trouble. I hurt my arm. Look, I think you'd better come up here. Yeah, and bring Fred and Doc Stetson along. No, no, no. It's fine. will not be any trouble. I'm a guest of some very good friends up here. Canning's to me. Well, you drive up Highway 26 through a cord and turn right when you pass the first gas station. uh Just a mile from there. You ought to be here by 6 in the morning. There'll be a light in the downstairs window. Right, Linda. be in the morning.
3: You can't stay here all night. You've got Shut to Shut go.
2: up! Um, what's that over there? Radio? Yes pretty big.
3: It's the sending and receiving set. Harry built it himself. He's a radio engineer.
2: Mm. Can you get shortwave, police calls? Yes. Turn it on. But I don't... Turn it on. No. Well, getting brave, huh?
3: I don't think you dare to shoot me. It would be murder. They'd send you to the chair. Now you get out of here. You call your friends and tell them to meet you someplace else. Oh. There, I've opened the door. Now get out.
2: Worried about your husband, are you? Afraid of what'll happen to him if he comes home now, huh? I
3: want you to go away. And if you don't go now, I'll run out and scream for help. There are other houses in this neighborhood and somebody will hear me.
2: Oh, go ahead and run. What? I won't shoot you. You won't? I don't have to. What do you mean? You wouldn't dare to run out and uh, leave your kid upstairs. That little red-headed kid with the cute curls? Judy.
3: How do you know I have a daughter?
2: Easy. A doll carriage over there.
3: How do you know she has red curls?
2: Maybe I guessed it.
3: And her name, too?
2: Turn on that radio. All right. 26. All cars must be searched, every passenger positively identified. Officers are warned to exercise extreme caution. Though believed to be wounded, he's armed and dangerous. I will repeat, Arnie Bishop, known as the Gentleman Killer, escaped from custody on board the Allegheny Limited at 11 o'clock while being escorted to the death house at the state prison. He's thought to be heading
3: north in the direction of the Lord.
2: Now you know who I am.
3: Arnie Bishop. You're Arnie Bishop.
2: How many rooms in this house? Six. Fine,
3: fine.
2: My friends and I will stay here for a few days. It will make a fine hideout. What
3: will you do when my husband comes home?
2: Don't worry about him. Now, suppose we go in the kitchen, and you can make me something to
3: eat. Wait. Huh? Why did you choose this house to come to? This house of all of his...
2: Can't you guess?
3: Yes, I think so. How did you know Judy's name? And about the color of her head? Ah, you're getting warm. My husband, Harry. Harry told you. Ah,
2: you know, you're pretty smart.
3: Oh, please, don't you have any pity at all. Tell me what you did to Harry. He did not
2: hurt much. I just tapped him on the head. He picked me up on the road, gave me a lift. I pumped him. Found out all about this house and about you and Judy. Then I knocked him out and kept going. It was pretty tough driving with one hand, but I made it.
3: Where's Harry now?
2: In the back of the car. He can't get loose. I'm
3: going out to... Stay where you are. But Harry's hurt. I can't leave him out there alone.
2: About this little red-headed kid of yours. And he sleep upstairs. You wouldn't... You wouldn't hurt her. Better stay here if you want to make sure.
3: Oh, no. That's better. Now, suppose we have something
2: to
0: eat. Now, let's return to the little white shingled house on the hill where Ethel Canning is entertaining her uninvited guest, Arnie Bishop. You know, he's a pretty courageous guy for an ex convict. But then maybe he has the courage of his convictions. <laughs> but Arnie isn't so smart, you know, tangling with a red-headed gal. He ought to recall that old ditty. How's it girl? Beware of a girl with deep red hair. A man is safer in the electric chair. But who can tell how a tale will end on in a sanctum? Let's join them in the kitchen. Mmm.
2: Excellent bacon and eggs. I'm sure my friends will like cooking when they come. More coffee? Yes, please. Careful.
3: Oh, I was only reaching for the coffee cup.
2: <laughs> I thought you might have ideas about grabbing this.
3: There's your coffee.
2: Hmm. What time is it?
3: Twenty after two. Ah. Uh,
2: Three and a half hours to go before my friends get here.
3: How will they get through the roadblock?
2: Oh, you'll leave it to there. Oh. What's that?
3: That's the telephone. It's in the living room. You
2: better get to it. Oh, you don't let go of that gun. Oh. You shouldn't have tried that.
3: What are you going to do?
2: Answer that telephone first. Get going. Yeah. Anybody in the habit of calling you at this hour? No. All right, answer it. But be careful what you say.
3: Yes, this is Mrs.
2: Canning. Oh. This is for you. Oh. All right. Lay the receiver down on the table and walk away. That's far enough. Don't try anything. Hello? Linda. Wait, wait, did you get started yet? Where are you? What? roadblocks. Well, you've got to get through. I need Doc Stetson. You've got to make it, Linda. I can't stay awake forever.
3: All
2: right, all right. Do your best. Call me back later.
3: Oh. What's the matter, Mr. Bishop? Are your friends falling down on you? Shut up. I've got to think. Oh, you don't have anything to worry about, Mr. Bishop? Aren't you a guest of the cannings in the little white shingled house a mile off Highway 26 north of Accord?
2: Oh, you can be sarcastic, too.
3: Oh, I wouldn't dare be sarcastic to you, Mr. Bishop. Especially when you have that gun. And with my husband unconscious in the car, and you threatening to harm my child, oh, no. No, you still hold all the cards, Mr. Bishop, and you're such a big, strong, brave man.
2: What are you trying to do? Get me mad enough to kill you? Aren't you
3: going to kill me anyway? What
2: makes you think that?
3: Because you're a killer by instinct, Mr. Bishop. It's easier for you to kill than to do anything else. I wonder why you didn't murder my husband instead of just knocking him out. Was it because you thought you might need him?
2: Well, you're not afraid of me anymore.
3: No, I'm not. No, I just realized I can't afford to be afraid. What? I'm a woman fighting for her family, for Harry and Judy. And I've got to use all my wits against you. I can't afford to be afraid.
2: You've got some scheme in that crazy little brain of yours. Yes,
3: Mr. Bishop, I have. I think I've found a chink in your armor. You're a coward. Me? Yes, you. You're the one who's afraid now. Your friends aren't coming. You have a wound in your arm that needs treatment, and you know you can't trust me. You don't dare close your eyes even for five minutes. And you may have to stay here for several days. How do you like the prospect of staying awake night and day? Watching me every minute of the time. Afraid that you might drop off to sleep at any minute.
2: Oh, that's how you figure it, huh? Maybe
3: you'll better kill us all right now, Mr. Bishop. That would be easy, wouldn't it? Just three bullets. Then you wouldn't have to worry about watching anyone.
2: That's an excellent idea, Mrs. Scanny.
3: Yes. But then you'd have other worse things to worry about. Such as? Yes. This is Saturday morning. The milkman will come to collect for the week's milk the neighbors will stop by to ask if I want my marketing done. And what will you do? Skulk in the cellar while they ring the doorbell? Yeah. And then there's the police.
2: What about the police?
3: They'll surely search this part of the country. They'll be making inquiries at all the houses. Do you want them to find the car outside? With Harry in it?
2: (laughs) Oh. You figured all the angles, huh? You know, you're pretty smart, Mrs. Canning. I think you're even smarter than Linda. But you forget one thing. Yes? You forget that little girl upstairs. What do you mean? Come along and I'll show you. Upstairs.
3: You stay away from right. Oh.
2: Maybe you think you've got everything figured out, but I'm still the boss. Gun muscle hurts, doesn't it?
3: <laughs>
2: now, shall we go upstairs? That's better. <laughs> so, you think Arnie Bishop is licked, huh? Mm hmm. Now, oh. which is Judy's room?
3: What are you going to do to her? Which
2: is Judy's room? Or are you going to make me open all the doors to find us. Oh. That one. Uh. All right, let's go in. Are so you first, Mrs. Canning? I
3: warn you if you. Hurt you
2: first, Judy. Mrs. Kenny. Oh, very pretty child How peaceful she looks And innocent Ain't hey, you know, all childhood the best time of life It's almost a pity to grow up out of it
3: You couldn't, you couldn't hurt her Oh, I
2: assure you, Mrs. Canning I won't lay a hand on her Oh, oh no, not on a beautiful child like that no. But, um... I've got to protect myself. Let's see. That's the connecting door to your room, isn't it? Yes. There's a key in the door. Lock it, please. Now give me the key. Thank you. Now we'll go out the way we came in. I'll take the key out of this door, too. You first. Now, we'll lock this door on the outside. There you
3: Everything's set. Do, you just want to make sure she doesn't get out? Yeah,
2: something like that.
3: Yeah.
2: Now, will you pull the mattress and sheets off your bed and bring them out here, please?
3: Are you going to sleep in front of her door? Do
2: as I say. All
3: right. I'll help you. I don't
2: understand. Why do you want to sleep out here? Uh,
3: oh. No,
2: I'm. Uh, everything just the way I want it. The mattress against Judy's door. But
3: you can't sleep on it that way, half up against the
2: door. I didn't say I was going to sleep on it. Oh, what are you going and to Mrs. do? Mrs. Canning, we'll see if you can figure out how to beat this angle.
3: Ding.
2: What would happen if. I would have put a match to this mattress and Betty. Oh no! This whole floor would be in flames in five minutes. Both doors locked. Judy wouldn't have much of a chance.
3: Would she? Oh no!
2: <laughs> Don't think, Annie Bishop is licked, Mrs. Canning.
3: Oh,
2: no. You're right about one thing, Mrs. Canning. I am in a corner. With this bum arm, I've got no chance of running if the police come. So if they do, and if I'm cornered, I'll set a match to this mattress and fight them off till the whole house is just a bunch of rubble with Judy in it. You uh, understand me thoroughly, Mrs. Canning.
3: Uh,
2: so it's up to you to see that the police don't come. You're going to lie for me, Mrs. And you're going to cheat for me. And you're going to kill for me if necessary. Because i always have a match ready. Now, do you still feel like trying any tricks?
3: I'll do. Whatever you think.
2: More like it. Now... The first thing you have to do, go downstairs and run that car into the garage. Get it out of the way. But don't touch your husband. Don't even look in the back of the car. I'll be watching, understand? Yes. Uh, glad we understand each other at last. Let's go. I'll be standing right here in the driveway, so don't try any tricks.
3: I won't. Remember, I'm watching. Harry. Harry, can you hear me? Harry? Harry? Are oh, you still unconscious? There's blood on his head. Yes I'm, yes, I'm coming!
2: You did take a look at him, didn't you? No, no. All right. No. All right, come inside. Beautiful night, isn't
3: it? It'll be morning soon. What time is it? Almost six. The milkman should be here soon.
2: Oh? Well, here's where you start lying for me. After you, madam. Uh. Now, I'm going to sit right here in this chair with my hand in my pocket. And in my hand's the gun. Understand?
3: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's the milkman.
2: you tell him I'm your cousin just visiting here for a few days.
3: You'll wonder why you're up so early.
2: Let him wonder. Go on, answer. Good morning, Mrs. Canning. I'm the new milkman on the route. Hope I didn't wake you up. Come in, please. Uh, that's two bottles of milk you wanted this morning and a bottle of cream.
3: Yes, yes you can put them on the table. there. Yes. Yeah, All right. Oh, this is my cousin. He's visiting us for a few days. Oh, how
2: are you? Hello.
3: You have
2: my bill? Yeah, I got it right here in my pocket. Here. Hey, that... That's right, Bishop, with the gun. Sit still and take your hand out of your pocket very carefully. Okay, okay, you win. But how come a milkman with a gun... I, uh... I borrowed this coat from the regular milkman. I'm Sergeant Wright, State Police. What? (laughs) State Police? How did you know I was here? Mrs. Canning told us. She? Well, how? I, I didn't let her out of my sight. She broadcasted to us.
3: Broadcast? Yes. Over this set, Mr. Bishop. Yeah. Remember the speech I made you? You didn't know what had come over me. I was really talking to the state police over the shortwave. Don't you remember? I told you that this was a sending and receiving set that my husband built it. And when I turned off the shortwave signals, I turned the switch to sending. And then I hoped, I just hoped my message would get through. Ah. <sighs>
2: I didn't think you were smart enough. And I thought I had you scared stiff. You, uh, looked like the kind who would scare
3: Evie. Oh, I am, Mr. Bishop, I am. But I warned you, this was a time when I couldn't afford to be scared. <laughs>
0: a determined man can always get what he goes after. You remember Bishop tried to get free board and lodging for Ethel Canning. He finally got it all right, but not exactly where he wanted it. You know, as a matter of fact, Bishop was the type of man who should never have gone in for murder. Oh, no, too many risks. He should have specialized in arson. That's always a sure fire undertaking.
2: That was your host, Raymond Edward Johnson, closing the door on Inner Sanctum, tonight's performance in the Mystery Playhouse. It's late, Priest, so good night. Sleep tight.
1: listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. I really enjoyed this one. Such a great story and a great cast. But never underestimate a mother protecting their young. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and our host, Anchor.fm. you can do so with a one-time donation or join our Patreon page at support.iloveoldtimeradio.com. Tomorrow we end the week with Groucho Marx and You Bet Your Life, and join us next Thursday for a new episode of Inner Sanctum Mysteries. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny, signing off.